Hi everyone and welcome back to Walk With Pex. If you've been listening along to my podcast episodes and following my social media on Instagram and my YouTube channel, you'll know that last week I was in the UK and now I am back home in Dubai. I call this place home now because for me and my husband, it is our home. It's the first place we moved to once we were married and we've lived here ever since. We started our married life here and it's somewhere we have built a life that we love and have been able to progress year on year, both in fitness and in business. We started off in a really rundown, crappy apartment and now five years later, we're living in a gorgeous villa with our cat and our dog and honestly, we couldn't be happier. Whilst it was lovely visiting the UK and finally getting a chance to see all of my family, I think a week was enough to be honest and it really brought home the fact that a lot has changed since we moved to Dubai and we're not the same people we were when we left. Now, I'm not saying Dubai has changed us per se, but being out here alone and together certainly put things into perspective for us and allowed us to focus on what matters most, which is why I'm kind of bringing this episode to you guys today. Dubai is now the hot place to be and every year many people visit for holidays, vacations and more and more business owners, online coaches, professionals who run their own businesses are moving out permanently. Dubai is definitely somewhere you want to live if you run your own online business for sure because, you know, why not? beautiful weather, health and fitness industry is booming, and of course, everything you earn is tax-free. It's a no-brainer, right? But here's the thing. I've learned over the years, particularly as Darren and I were probably one of the first quote-unquote fit couples to move out here, long before I became an online coach myself for fitness and business, Dubai changes people. Like, I've seen it time and time again with so many friends, acquaintances and individuals who have either messaged us or come out with our support. The appeal of living here is undeniable. And of course, there is a lot of money to be earned if you play your cards right and run your business well. But this makes living here a little bit dog-eat-dog at times. And people can get quite selfish when chasing money, chasing success and chasing that financial freedom that everybody wants. Now, I can totally understand this, and to a degree, both my husband and I are very selfish in the sense that we only worry about each other and our happiness as a married couple, and the success that we have is down to us and our commitment to each other and our life. But the reason I'm raising this now is that I was asked several questions whilst I was back in the UK from family members. Questions like, do you ever think you'll come back to the UK? what's the biggest goal you've got now? You work so hard, won't you burn out eventually, Bex? When will you get to a place where you can just stop and relax? And these sorts of questions kind of got me thinking, like, what are other people's perceptions of our life in Dubai? How do my family view my goals and my constant drive for progress in all aspects of our lives? It made me think about my own previous expectations I had about life and things like getting married by a certain age, earning enough by a certain age, retiring, saving, getting a mortgage, a pension, you know, all that kind of thing, and then eventually just stop working. 
And I started to wonder why people have this idea that once you reach a certain goal or age, you should just stop. When you accomplish something or chase money and a goal for work or profession, are we ever truly happy just stopping? I don't know. It got me feeling quite reflective and when I came home, I had a long discussion with my husband and we spoke a lot about how living here in Dubai changed our whole perception and the opportunities that have come our way through being open to changing our view made the way we live right now possible. But, and this is a huge but, it didn't come from chasing money. It didn't come from chasing success or a bank balance. When we came to Dubai, we literally had nothing. Nothing. And perhaps this is why our family are kind of waiting for the day when we decide we've earned enough to be able to move back home. But here's the thing. We may have originally come out here on a two-year contract when I was teaching um, because we had our visas, accommodation, etc. provided for. But once we used this doorway into Dubai and we were able to clear our debt and build our side hustles and online businesses, we realized that the goal wasn't to chase enough money to simply become debt-free and move back to the UK, but instead to design the life we wanted for ourselves and become the best versions of ourselves in line with our values and our goals. There's a quote by Tony Gaskins, which reads, don't chase love, money or success, become the best version of yourself and those things will chase you. And this is so true. As children, we're all brought up to focus on finding love, earning money, being successful. Well, I remember I was anyway. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is a bad thing, but when you focus solely on obtaining these things as if they were objects, you won't ever be successful in obtaining them because you aren't fully getting down into the nitty gritty of what this actually means. When you focus solely on earning money, chasing love and being obsessed with being successful, what does this do to your happiness and your overall well-being? So I thought I'd use this episode to share with you guys some things about myself and what I've learned when it comes to love, money and success. And hopefully by me sharing these experiences, I'll be able to offer some helpful takeaways maybe that you can use and perhaps implement in your own life. So when it comes to chasing love or searching for love, growing up, I was very fortunate to be in a home where my parents were very, very close and they still are now, like happily married and together for over 40 years, I believe. And when I was a little girl, I would hear all the stories of how my parents got together, their whirlwind romance and how with even a language and cultural barrier, their love overcame everything. The perfect marriage and a fairy tale that I always looked up to. It wasn't until I was much older that I truly understood all of the hardship they overcame and the friends and family members they had to let go, the sacrifices they made to stay together and build our family, putting us, the kids, at the centre of their world. I'm so grateful when I look back now as not only did they show us what love and commitment really is, but they demonstrated so many life skills that we as children have all transferred into our own lives. But when I reached my late teens and early adulthood, I would dream of having a love like this and spent time searching and dating in order to find my hero, someone who would love me the way dad loved mum and find my fairy tale ending too. Not fully appreciating that 
This was their story, not mine, and I had to find my own path. I didn't do the normal things girls did my age, like go out, party, date, experience life. Well, I kind of did at uni, but I didn't start off that way. I never really lived the single life in my kind of early adulthood, and I didn't fully appreciate what this chapter would do for my life and happiness when searching for love in future. I dated my first boyfriend at the age of 17 and was with him for nearly six years. Then I went to university and when that relationship ended, I dated someone else for another four years. And when I completed my degree, I went straight into teaching and started saving for a mortgage to continue this journey of happy ever after with this man. Also, I thought. Now, both of these relationships weren't right for me. Like, the guys weren't bad people. But we just weren't matched well, and I never really saw it until much later on. I was too busy searching for love and living up to this expectation that I needed to be married with a house and kids by the time I was 30. I was 24 when I left university. So there I am with a mortgage and a home, no ring on my finger yet, and nothing really wrong with this guy, but I just wasn't happy. I couldn't figure out what it was or why, and I just kind of carried on as if everything else around me was just kind of normal. You know, people around me were getting married and starting families, so I just went with it. But one day, I remember it vividly. It was a Saturday morning, a day off from work at school, and I was performing my normal weekend chores of cleaning the house from top to bottom, and suddenly I thought to myself, this is not my life. This is not me. What am I doing? I don't want this. I want to figure out who I am and what makes me truly happy before fully committing to someone else. And this for me is the most important thing when searching for love or trying to obtain that elusive, perfect relationship. You never will if you don't know who you are and what makes you truly happy. You've got to learn to love yourself first. You've got to figure out what you like to do what your passion is, your purpose in life, and really identify your values and what makes you truly who you are. So at the age of 27, I had my single life and decided I was going to explore everything. I went on dates, I traveled the world, I explored new avenues for work and really enjoyed the whole experience of just getting to know myself. You could say I found myself. It took me nearly 18 months. And there were times when I dated other guys and almost fell back into the trap of, he's the one, maybe he's the fairy tale man I need to be with. But I had to quickly stop myself and remind myself and say, no, you don't need anyone else. When the time is right, he'll come into your life, Bex. Now, I never really believed this notion after two failed serious relationships. Others would tell me, you know, things like, when you stop looking for him, he'll show up. And you'll meet the right one when it's the right time. And it's crazy because at the time I was like, yeah, right. Easy for you to say. But my word, it is so, so true. I met my husband when I was in a good place mentally, physically and emotionally. I had my shit together, to put it bluntly. And I was not interested in dating anyone and was successful in my job. I'd fallen in love with health and fitness and... We actually met at Body Power in 2015, I believe. And here's the mad thing. When we first met, I still wasn't interested in him. He'll tell you this himself. I pretty much pied him off when we first met and I showed him no interest whatsoever. But he also says that this was the most attractive quality about me. 
that he loved that I was confident, I had my own goals, I knew where I was going and what I wanted to achieve without lapping over him like a lovesick puppy. Because, yeah, he was pretty cute. It was only after we'd met that my friend afterwards said to me, I think he likes you, he's cute. And I was like, really? I didn't even notice. A very long story short, he found my Facebook profile at the time when I had Facebook and slid into my DMs and we got chatting and the rest is history. But what made our relationship develop and flourish is that we were both on the same level, not desperately seeking love or attachment to someone else to make us happy, but just simply interested in each other and what we were about. We grew as friends first and messaged for a long time before we met again in person. And to this day, we'll always say that we're each other's best friend. I found that when it comes to love, that real, true, unconditional love is not found, but it's something that comes to you. Like not when you least expect it, as many believe, but actually when you're in the right place to truly receive it and be open to it. When you know who you are, what you like, and what you want out of life, then you match this with someone else who's on the same level as you. You both need to come to the relationship with a level of self-awareness and this allows you to become more aware of each other and form a bond that celebrates both your uniqueness as individuals and your joint ventures and life together. With Darren and I, it's never been a competition. We don't ever compare each other's happiness or success to one another. And although it's never plain sailing in a relationship and there'll be numerous things over the years that we've got to work on and overcome, we're a team and we do it together, knowing that our love is what bonds us and makes us stronger. So I guess what I'm trying to say is love isn't about finding someone that will complete you, not someone that will fix you or make you happy. You need to be happy and complete in yourself, or at least at a point where you are self-aware and know how to manage your own happiness and your own emotions. And then when you find someone who's at that same place too, that's where the magic happens. I believe anyway. But I'm grateful for all the experiences and relationships that I had previously. Yes, it might feel like a completely different life with those other partners and then my single life, but without them, I would never have found the real me, and I'd never been open to letting my true love come into my life. So with regards to searching with love or chasing love, that's my standpoint on it. And it comes wholeheartedly and openly from me and my honest experiences. Now with regards to chasing money and success, I think before I get even into this idea of chasing money, I I think it's important that you understand what your relationship with money is first, you know, and what success looks like ongoing. It's important to firstly address what your experience of money is. Like what role did money play in your life growing up? How did your parents or your family handle money? How did they talk about finances and what perception has this created for you? I've spoken about this before on my podcast, but I'll share it again. Like I grew up in a working class family. My experience of money growing up showed me that it was something we had to work hard for and my parents both worked several jobs in order to earn enough to pay the bills and put food on the table for all of us. This taught me so much in terms of work ethic, drive, determination and I always aspired to be in a position where I would have enough money to live a comfortable life 
but it also taught me that loans and credit cards was a way to secure the midterm while struggling if you needed things. You know, things could be bought with borrowed money. Not ideal and something I regret getting into when younger, but we all live and learn. And without things like a student loan, you know, I wouldn't have been able to go to university, pay my fees or live out at university, that the university that I wanted to attend. So when I was at uni, I also had two credit cards and I worked two jobs, but my experience of money was always tight and very, very hard. I'd often get to the end of the week and think, gosh, will I buy food this week or will I spend the little I have left on a night out with my friends at uni or a bottle of vodka? Oh, the student life, who can relate? These experiences of money struggles and never really having a bank balance that wasn't in an overdraft or credit cards maxed out really taught me how to budget and that I didn't want to live my life with my bank balance always in the red. I think it's important when thinking about money and finances that you set yourself long-term goals. Like, what is the big dream? You know, what will financial freedom look like for you as opposed to just simply chasing money? For me, this became apparent when I met my husband and we were about to start married life together. We both started our relationship in debt from both ends and you know whilst I was still earning good income with my job I was still battling to pay all the bills and debts that had piled up. It's the main reason we moved to Dubai to be honest. The opportunity to live somewhere where we didn't need to pay for rent or house bills because these were all covered with my visa and my work permit but we could simply earn money by the food we needed and then pay off debt. This gave us a window into a new life which is why originally we set out to move out for two years. You know, that was the contract that I was under and the goal was to clear our debt by this point so that we could begin to live a life where we weren't scraping by. Our hunger for money didn't come from needing a big bank balance. It was so that we could literally have less sleepless nights and be able to live comfortably and not worry about whether we could afford food. For us, the goal wasn't nice cars, fancy designer things, or the Dubai high life. It was stability and security. We wanted to feel safe and happy. And here's the thing, when we were going through this time of saving and paying off debt, we were focused solely on what mattered most to us. We were able to budget well together and remove emotions when it came to making sensible choices that were for the greater good of our future. Now, we are in a position where we thankfully don't have to worry about bills. You know, I can order a food shop and not have to check my bank balance first. You know, we've worked really hard the last five years in Dubai to reach a point and a point where, you know, we can live quite comfortably. We don't tend to splash out on crazy expensive things. You know, I still drive a higher car. You know, I might one day buy my own car outright, but for now, it's not important to me. I don't wear lots of designer clothes. I literally live in my rider wear gym outfits in the gym and then t-shirt and joggers when I'm working from home. I'm actually wearing a Space Jam t-shirt right now and a pair of ride wear joggers. If I do get dressed up and go out with hubby, I'll be wearing things that I've had in the wardrobe for years and if I do take a nice handbag with me, it's one that my husband's bought me as a gift for my birthday or our wedding anniversary. We only spend money on each other on these special occasions as for us, that's what makes them special. I could probably go shopping every weekend if I wanted to, but it doesn't interest me. 
My values and goals are different. I'm not seeking happiness from those things, but more so continued progress with what we are doing and looking at ways to be smarter with our money, like investing our money, you know, saving, putting it into our businesses. I honestly believe that your money and the way that you manage it should be matched to your life and your goals. If having a nice car or a designer handbag is a mega goal of yours, then by all means work towards that. If it gives you that drive and focus for managing your budget and your finances, awesome. But don't put it on the credit card or get yourself into massive amounts of debt to obtain these things that you think you need to chase. Live within your means. That's what I'm getting at. Because I've been guilty of this in the past and it took me a long time to clear this debt and finally feel comfortable and secure. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning, and I want to get into this a little bit, is that your finances and how you go about obtaining money should be linked to your passion. You know, if you do something you love with people you love, make a difference to people's lives and are compensated well for it, then you've cracked it, in my opinion. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because too often people chase money and success without truly being aligned with their purpose and their passion. I'm going to use the example of online coaching because it's something I see daily and of course experienced myself with my own online coaching business for fitness and business coaching clients too. Far too often I see online coaching being advertised as a quick way to earn that five-figure salary per month. I'm in the fitness industry and I'm surrounded by it on social media constantly and I'll be honest it does kind of grind on me a little bit So I'll often have to mute or unfollow certain accounts when I see the same things being posted by multiple people who have clearly been fed a cookie cutter system for how to make 10K per month. I get it. Online coaching is very appealing. Working for yourself from anywhere in the world, living in Dubai tax-free. Yeah, okay, got it. But who wouldn't want that? It really upsets me though when I see these coaches coming through the ranks who either don't have the knowledge or experience to coach people and don't seem to have a true passion for actually helping people. That's the bit I think that upsets me the most. So I'm going to remind you of the quote I shared earlier. Don't chase love, money or success. Become the best version of yourself and those things will chase you. Becoming an online coach isn't about chasing money. It's not about that 10k per month or gaining as many clients as possible. It's about sharing your own journey matched with your knowledge and experience and helping the people you work with to get from A to B because you've walked the walk and you've got from A to B yourself. An online coach is the same as any other coach in any other sport or field. What makes them a good coach? They've done it themselves. They've become the best in their field or sport and are able to offer wisdom and guidance to those who want to do the same too. Those entering this line of work who haven't established their core values, their skills, their attributes, or haven't even been on a fitness journey themselves, I don't believe will ever truly succeed long-term. Becoming a good coach takes time. You need to be clear on your mission, your purpose, and who you want to help, not how much money you can earn and by when. You need to focus on becoming the best version of yourself and the best coach you can be. And the money will come. But if you truly want to help people, you will be successful. But being obsessed with success and your bank balance will only hinder your progress moving forward. 
before embarking on this journey or working with someone who is selling you a pipe dream of the the good life, you know, 10K per month, ask yourself these questions. Are you clear on your purpose? What is it you're supposed to do in life? What gives you a sense of fulfillment and service to others? How can you help the people you work with? Earning money is something we all need to do, of course, but earning it with integrity, doing something you're passionate about, will be the greatest choice you make in life. It will be a lot of work and you'll have to make some changes and take some risks, but if it's done for the right reasons and you're consistently working towards progressing and up-leveling what you do, you will 100% be successful. When I first started online coaching, all I wanted to do was help women just like me. Women who want to learn how to get strong, be healthy, and live a life where they felt confident in themselves and regained their life back. Because this is what the gym did for me. And whilst I've progressed to training as an athlete and have huge aspirational goals in the sport of bodybuilding, this will always be what I take away from health and fitness. The ability to live a long and happy life, confident and committed to bettering myself every single day. At the start, I only had a handful of clients and I coached them for free and worked to develop my craft and understand how to become a good coach. I didn't use crazy marketing systems or hire a business coach to help me rake in the clients ASAP. I wanted to learn and build my experience of coaching. Over time, this grew and I learned how to advertise my services in the most authentic way. My coaching business grew and the majority of my clients came from referrals where other clients had enjoyed the process and learned so much that they recommended me to their friends and family members. I built my side hustle gradually over time and I didn't rush the process. It was only when I reached full capacity that I realized that this was a sustainable business and something I could actually do more permanently. I reflected on my success and my progress and I kept looking at ways that I could level up what I was doing as a coach to support my clients. Over the last four years, my prices have only increased twice and only when I felt my service reflected it. Some still say that I don't charge enough for what I do as a coach, but for me, it's not about the money. If I can make a difference and have an impact on someone's life, then I'm happy and I know I'm fulfilling my purpose. This is all that matters to me. And if my husband and I are able to live a comfortable life and not worry about money ourselves and still be able to pursue our own passions and goals that we have, then we've made it. As I mentioned previously, living in Dubai, we see a lot of people come and live here, get caught up in the hype of love, money or success. And honestly, I think we've stayed quite grounded and probably why we keep ourselves to ourselves. Our goal is not to chase love, money or success, but to simply check in with each other, check our finances and ensure that we continue to live a stable and happy life together. Do we have future goals and plans with our business? Of course, it's in our nature to want to progress and keep working on new projects that will, you know, drive our businesses forward, things that we're really passionate about. It's why I've started writing my book. I'm not expecting to earn a ton of money from it, quite the opposite. It will probably cost me a bomb to publish it if it even gets approved. But my mission is about having an impact. And for me, having a book on a shelf in years to come that someone might read and it could help them, for me, that's, that's mega, life made. So in answer to 
those questions that were asked of me in the UK, the big goal is to continue to have an impact, to continue to live a happy life with my husband. I don't have a figure in mind or a number in the bank or a time frame on when I'm going to stop working, but more so I have a consistent approach to bettering what I do to help more people and I know that the rest will follow. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. A lot of personal kind of thoughts and reflections shared, but as always, I really want to keep it real with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, drop me a message, let me know what you think, and I will speak to you all very, very soon. Bye for now.